your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I am your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked on Hurricanes on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked on sent you. And as always, you can find Locked on Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. And myself on Twitter at JaredEllis underscore 96. And today's episode, folks, we will be looking at this past weekend's game against the Nashville Predators, how that game went down, things the Hurricanes need to change, why things went the way they did, as well as taking a look at line combinations from practice today. So diving on into the game from this past weekend. This was a game that I expected to be very physical, very tough, very hard fought. Because this was the 17th time the Hurricanes and the Predators have played each other since January of this year. So that's insane. Like That's absolutely wild and mind-blowing that these teams have played each other 17 times. Last regular season, playoffs, preseason, and then Saturday. It's crazy uh, to think about. So, you know, these teams know each other really, really well. So I didn't expect there to be that offensive explosion like there was on opening night. I didn't expect that. Nashville knows this team too well. We know Nashville too well for that to be that kind of game. We... Again, that's just, we know what's going to happen there. And we knew that this was going to be a very physical matchup because these teams do not like each other. Again, if you play each other, or if you play a team 17 times in the course of 10 months, yeah, I wouldn't like you either. Um, so, yeah, you know, I didn't expect, you know, things to be pretty in this game. But, yeah, the Hurricanes end up inching this one out three to two but this is honestly a game that could have gone either way and that's obviously you know the history that these teams have of course you know that plays a factor into that but the Hurricanes just did not play all that great um because you uh something that really stood out to me you know in this game was obviously the costly Andre Svechnikov turnover at center ice that led to the Ryan Johansson tying goal went tied the game at 1 um that was not good uh thankfully yes yeah, Svechnikov you know, ended up making up for it scored a goal okay great but you know little mistakes like that just you know like that careless pass like you can't you can't be doing that, um, especially against a good team like Nashville. Thankfully, you know it's you know they're obviously able to recover and get the win. Of course, you know, that's great. But you know you can't be making mistakes like that, especially late in the season in playoffs, because at that point, you know, a turnover like that could be the difference maker of you know whether you win or lose. So you can't be doing that. Thankfully, again, Svech, you know he. He's a difference maker, and 
he ended up getting the Hurricanes to lead back a little bit later. But then another thing that stood out to me was the Hurricanes had a very, very long five-on-three, and it was god-awful. And because they were just passing the puck around, taking forever, and just moving very, very slow. Like, I get, okay, you don't have a shot, you make a pass, but if you're moving that slow, you're not gonna have a shot because they're able to get where they need to be. Like... The Hurricanes should have scored on that five on three because at that point they had all of their stars out there too. Like you have your difference makers out there and they did not make a difference on that five on three. And like I said, they're just passing around. And again, they're doing it really, really slow as well. And it was not good. And I get, okay, you're not going to score on every power play opportunity, but you have a five-on-three like that, and it was almost like two minutes. Yeah, like that's that was not good at all, and they really need to work on that for sure because, again, that's not something you can be doing late in the season and in the playoffs. Yeah, I give them you know, a little bit of a pass right now. And I use the term pass you know, loosely there because that was the second game of the season. All the new players here, you know, really just the growing pains that I mentioned you know, before the season started. I feel like part of that could be chalked up there. It's like growing pains and, and whatnot. Same with this game, really. It, a lot of it just being growing pains. And this is stuff I expect expected to see but you know again that doesn't at the end of the day you still don't get a pass for it. it's a little bit more understandable but not a pass and but I know I've been focusing on a lot of the things that I didn't like from this game again the growing pains the special teams stuff like that in costly mistakes but not everything from this game was bad because at the end of the day, Frederick Anderson was outstanding in this game. And that was the Freddie that the Hurricanes were banking on when they signed him. And we'll be diving into more of his performance after this quick break, folks. Bet Online is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more odds props and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season head to their new updated desktop or mobile websites to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code locked on to receive that bonus from basketball football postseason baseball nhl boxing and ufc right down to your favorite vegas casino games as well don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you a simple way to get on all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, 
and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, folks, we are back. And in the previous segment, you know, I was talking about, you know, things that I didn't like from the Hurricanes in the last game against Nashville. But at the end of the day, there was one glaring positive or one shining positive, I should say. And that was Frederick Anderson, because he is really what won the game for the Hurricanes. I was not overly impressed with him in the home opener. And I thought he was like, oh, boy, this is not going to be good. This is going to be the Freddie that we were seeing in Toronto for the past couple years. And it just was like, all right, you know, we should have kept Peter. We should have kept Ned. We should have kept James, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, then, you know, hearing the rumblings from fans around me, it's like, oh, you know, people weren't impressed. People did not have a good first impression of him, to say the least. But I will say, yeah, in this game against Nashville, he is what won this game for the Hurricanes because the team out in front of him didn't play all that great. And Freddie ended up stopping 38 uh, shots, you know, out of 40 total shots. And he made some absolutely insane saves for the Hurricanes uh, in that game. And this was the Frederick Anderson that the Hurricanes were banking on when they signed him. And when they decide to take that chance, essentially, uh, of dumping all of your goaltenders that you had, knew the system, all that stuff, and bringing in two new guys, and this being your number one guy that's you know been hurt, not had the past uh, couple seasons been very good for him, but yeah, you know, he turned it around, and yeah, you know, this is what the Hurricanes were wanting when they signed him. Now, given this is just the second game of the season of course so we'll see how things end up turning out because you know any person can have a great game of course but at the end of the day you know we want this to be sustainable and you know I think that he definitely has the potential to the Hurricanes wouldn't have taken the chance on signing him if they didn't feel he didn't have that potential to be to bounce back and be that goaltender that he has the history of being, of being a really good, solid goaltender. They wouldn't have taken that chance on him if they didn't feel that. So, obviously, it's still very, very early, but it was very promising, especially after a pretty lackluster season opener of it being very, yeah, just not good. And, of course, I'm sure, you know, in his next game, it won't be, you know... You know, the amazing, spectacular game that he just had. Again, you know, it's this was the second game of the season, growing pains, the team learning how to play in front of him, and, and all that stuff. You know, the, things are going to be different. And this isn't going to be, you know, every game type deal as much as I like it to be. But at the end of the day, you know, I was very, very pleased with Freddie. And he was my big positive for the game. At the end of the day, yeah. 
he really won that game for the Hurricanes. And while there are other good positive moments, you know, like, you know, Svetch, you know, making up for his mistake and, and scoring a goal, giving the Hurricanes the lead again. And then Tavo actually scoring, you know, him getting an empty net. That's like it. He scored in back-to-back games. That, that never happens for Tava. Uh, but, you know, there, Freddie was the really main positive. I think for everyone for that game against Nashville, you know, all the – you look on social media, you read post-game articles. Freddie had been the one thing that everyone was like, yeah, that was freaking great in that game. And even Brad Brenmore said that he won the game for us, and he – absolutely did win that game for the Hurricanes it'll be interesting to see how things go in the next game because on Thursday the Hurricanes are up in Montreal and Montreal is currently 0 and 3 0 3 and 0 (laughs) I guess you would say Uh, but yeah it's very you know that's going to be an interesting game for sure because I wonder, you know, who's going to get the start in net? Are they going to go with Anderson for a third game in the row? Are they going to defer this one to Auntie Ranta so he can get his first start of the year, which I do think is a very real possibility because it's got to happen at some point and you don't want it to happen midway through the season or, or what? Obviously, that would never happen, but you don't want to wait forever for it to happen. And then, like I said in preseason, with the way the Metro division is, you can fall behind really, really quick and dig yourself a hole that you can't dig yourself out of. Because, again, 18-19, that was as amazing as that was. That's not going to happen all the time. Uh, You're not going to be second to last in the league and then come back, make the playoffs, and make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's not going to happen all the time. More times, nine times out of ten, you fall in a hole like that you're not getting out of it. And again, you, know, you overplay Freddie again with his age, his injury proneness, and then his history he's had his past couple years. You overplay him, he gets in a rut. Auntie's really not played a whole lot, so he's kind of rusty. He isn't able to make stops that maybe he would have been able to had he been able to knock some of that rust off sooner. And then with Freddie getting overworked and overplayed, in turn that's going to happen to Auntie Ranta. And then with him being as injury-prone as he is, you know, it's, you're going to have to find a real balance between your goaltenders this year because of the history that they've had over the past few seasons and you don't want that history to continue into this season so it'll be interesting to see who the hurricanes go with in net come thursday i honestly think it's one that could go either way i could see them giving it with freddie of him really just getting used to being the number one here because you know obviously this is a full 82 game season you do have a little bit more time for things and I could see them going with Freddie and, again, just letting him get a little bit more adjusted to being the number one goaltender here, letting the guys in front of him get used to playing in front of him more. But on the flip side, like I said, you don't want to overwork and overplay him. Not saying that two games in a row is overplaying by any means. 
but you don't want to you want your backup to get some reps in as well early on so again like i said few weeks months down the road you know they're they're in a good groove they're not still having to work out their early season kinks you know so i could see this one going either way uh i honestly think if i had to put money on it i honestly don't know because again it's one i could see going either way um i think at the end of the day, I'd probably say Rod Brennan will maybe go with Frederick Anderson again, just out of his performance that he played that he showed on Saturday. I think he earned himself another start. But again, that's one I'm not hundred percent sure on. I could definitely see them going with Auntie Ranta. But you know, the Hurricanes practiced it at Wake Competition Center down the road over in Morrisville, and they had some new line combinations at practice and we're going to talk about those line combinations because Rod Brandmore shuffled things around during the game on Saturday and things are getting shuffled around in practice today so we'll be diving into that stuff right after this quick break folks. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating question and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com right now at home or even in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from that chain store or auto dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to all of your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, folks, we are back, and it's time to look at some line combinations from practice today. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you that new Carolina Hurricanes team reporter, Walt Ruff, will be coming on the show on November 2nd. So make sure you submit all of your questions for him by October 31st, Halloween easy to remember folks and in preparation for the hurricanes first ever matchup against the seattle kraken seattle's own hard rock band dragged under will be coming on the show on november 24th so submit all the questions for the band by november 19th now let's get into these line combinations from practice today because you know this was something that you know i think a lot of people expected um, especially, you know, with Rod Brandmore's history of not being afraid to change things up. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, sometimes look down, you know, like the bottom six guys on the third and fourth line. But the thing is with the Hurricanes, a lot of those guys could can easily play on the top lines. And you can sometimes see uh, a guy like Andre Svechnikov or, you know, Niederreiter be down on like the third line. But, you know, 
the way things get shuffled around with the Hurricanes, it really kind of means next to nothing. And I, I think Jordan Martinuk put it nicely uh, the other day when he was talking about lines of it, you know, being like a one A, one B, one C, one D uh, type situation because of how deep the roster is and how how easy it can be to change things around. Because actually, in the third period of that game against Nashville, the Hurricanes were changing things around because things again they weren't really clicking all that well, and you know. You saw Jordan Martin uh, playing up with Sebastian Ajo, and then Sebastian Ajo uh, playing with Jordan Stahl and Jesper Fast. So you know things do tend to get changed around pretty often with the Hurricanes. Obviously, you know folks that have been around for a while, you know, following the Hurricanes, especially under Brad Brendamore's tenure, you know that. But you know some of the new folks, you know, may see things you know, like, oh, oh, what's going on? Uh, but the thing is, you know, with the hurricane shuffling lines, you can't really get caught up in that stuff. Um, but I do think it is worth looking at some, especially with how things weren't clicking uh, the other day. Now, uh, at practice day, you know, you, we did see some shuffles. Uh, you had the first line of being Tavo Teravainen, Sebastian Ajo, and Colton Yemi. Then you had Andre Sechikov, Vincent Trocek, Martin Natchez, Nino Niederreiter, Jordan Stahl, Jesper Faust, Jordan Martinuk, Derek Stepan, Stephen Lawrence, and Seth Jarvis. Uh, with Lawrence and Jarvis, you know, kind of splitting there, or as they say on block broadcast, Stephen Lawrence. God, I hate that, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess we've all been mispronouncing his name. Uh, but yeah, it. it it's definitely an interesting thing. Yeah, I think you know the bottom six or the bottom. Yeah, bottom six guys. I forgot how to count there for a second. Um, yeah, didn't really see anything changing with those guys. It was more you know kind of things getting flipped around on the top, on, on the top half of stuff. You know, there was no word on defensive pairings and who was getting the uh, who was in the starters crease at practice today. So don't really know there. We'll just assume that was the same as the game. You know, we'll just assume that that wasn't put out there. I haven't really seen anything about that. But, you know, I, I'm not surprised with things, you know, getting shuffled around because of things not clicking. And I do think, you know, come Thursday, I do think we'll see something different from the Hurricanes. I do think we'll see some different line combinations. And honestly, one thing I would like to see in this game is Seth Jarvis in the lineup. You're evidently doing that nine-game trial period for him. You got nine games. Two are already up. You scratched him. You got to get him in the game at some point to really see, to give this guy some NHL reps, like true NHL reps, not just preseason ones. And, you know, I really think, you know, come Thursday, they got to throw him in the lineup uh, because, you know, things weren't clicking all that great there in Nashville and you're wanting to try to shuffle things up and find what's working and I think throwing Jarvis in the lineup I think that's a great starting point I one thing I would also do is I would probably throw Andre Stetchikov back up on the top line and move Colton Yemi down to the second and yeah that's honestly probably the, the three big things I would do 
for that game. I think that SAT line and the the chemistry they have is insane. And while part of me, you know, understands like, all right, you're wanting to kind of spread the stuff out uh, of your offense, spread things out, and again. Things not necessarily being set in stone with their line, so I understand you. Know, you put them on, you put Svetch on the second line for, you know, the lines you have to submit, you know, before the start of the game. Okay, fine, but things you know end up changing. He's playing with Aho and Turbo during the game. Okay, fine, but I think they really need to be putting those guys together more often rather than constantly separating them because you know how good that line is. And I think they have to start doing that more often. And I think Kokniemi, Trocek, and Nations would be a great line. I really do. But, you know, we'll see how things go there. And honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to the Hurricanes moving Jesper Foss down to the fourth line and putting Seth Jarvis there on the third line with Jordan Stahl and Nina Niederreiter. I think that would be a great spot for him. Because I I think, you know, putting him with Nino, I think that would be insane. And obviously Jordan Stahl being out there in the leadership, he would provide, you know, on the ice for Seth. I think that'd be great. Which not saying, you know, Marty and Stepanio wouldn't do the same either because they obviously would. I just think putting him with like a guy like Nino Niederreiter because Jarvis is such an offensive machine or has the potential to be that. I think putting him with a guy like Nino, I think that would be insane. And then obviously the higher up you put him, just even more. Like imagine putting him with like Tavo and Sebastian Ajo, that'd be insane. But you know, we'll see how things go with that because obviously the Hurricanes, you can't get too caught up in line combinations in practice because it's just practice. And with the way the Hurricanes always change things, you just never know. I think, you know, they could just be trying things out here in practice and then come Wednesday and Thursday we'll be seeing, we could very well be seeing something different. We can be saying, seeing the same thing we saw on opening night and in Nashville. Or, again, we could be seeing something completely new. But, again, I would move Svetch up to first line, Kotanyemi down to second, and then... Uh, slot Seth Jarvis in either on the third or fourth line either where Jesper Foss is or Stephen Lawrence is on the wing that's personally what I would do but we'll just have to wait and see come Thursday and because there's no telling what's gonna happen with the Hurricanes when it comes to line combinations but we'll be looking into that as more information comes out on that kind of stuff Maybe we'll know more tomorrow on Wednesday. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But we'll discuss it either way on tomorrow's episode as well as any other Carolina Hurricanes news, Chicago Wolves news, all that stuff because everyone's playing now. So we got to talk about everyone. But as always, follow the Lockdown Hurricanes on social media, Instagram and Twitter at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And I will talk to you in the next episode. You guys have a great day.